And that is uh, time for our weekly political panel. And, well, what a week it has been for our newly sworn-in coalition government. I, Christopher Mark Luxon, swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to His Majesty King Charles III, his heirs and successors according to law, so help me God. We'll see you the speed at which TVNZ and RNZ, which are taxed by our own, understand this new message. We'll see whether these people, with the media and journalists, are they independent? Well, that's not fascinating. I've never seen the evidence of that in the last three years. You can't defend $55 million of bribery. Okay. Uh, I didn't see those comments, but I'm excited to get to work with this team here and get things done for New Zealand, because that's what it's all about. Tell the public what you signed up to to get the money. It's called transparency. Okay? Thank you very much. I'm not entirely clear that Christopher Luxon's really in control of what's going on within the government, and they're only a couple of days in. It does not bode well for the future. Yes, we're going to say things in different ways uh, as different leaders and as different members of that team in a coalition government, and that's fine, that's acceptable. It is absolutely disgusting that this is being done to fund the National Party's tax credits, and internationally we're seeing uh, headlines reflect the fact that we are a global embarrassment for ro- rolling back these laws. Well, kia ora, good afternoon everybody. Can I just say uh, welcome to what is our very first post-Cabinet press conference in the beginning of the 54th Parliament. Well, this week to discuss all of the action, we are joined by RNZ political reporter Katie Scotcher, News Hub's political editor Jenna Lynch and the New Zealand Herald's deputy political editor Thomas Coglin. Welcome to everyone. Uh, we've got our... A huge week, an absolutely huge week, and yet somehow our new Deputy Prime Minister has been dominating all of the headlines. Uh, nothing to see here. This is just MMP, says our new Prime Minister. Uh, Jenna, I might start with you. I get the impression from your reporting this week that you might not be buying that argument. <laughs> I think Christopher Luxon had a pretty tough task uh, in trying to deal with that. Uh, the oldest excuse in the book for Winston Peters came out writ large, Winston being Winston. Uh, It's pretty hard to rein in a Winston Peters and trying to navigate a three-way coalition. It was his first, uh, Christopher Luxon's kind of first test at that. I do think he could have taken a stronger line on the substance of Mr Peters' claims about editorial independence and um, so-called, well, him falsely uh, accusing the media of uh, taking bribes through the Public Interest Journalism Fund, Christopher Luxon kind of almost almost fueled that by by saying that um, that rightly or wrongly there was a perception of it. I think he could have taken a, a stronger line on that. So how does he do that? He has to separate. I mean, we're, that was only about three days in, wasn't it? Is is, is he going to have to uh, really separate the idea from the person in terms of dealing with whatever Winston Peters comes out with next? Well, he's said that all three of them can express things in different ways and they won't necessarily always agree, and that's absolutely fine. In fact, I think that's actually quite good for our democracy. For the last term of parliament, we had a um, a majority... Uh, a, a majority party, and everything was a government line. And I think a contest of a contest of ideas in politics is always a good thing. So great that we've got heaps of ideas flowing. I just think those ideas need to be based in fact. Yeah, well, there's certainly plenty of ideas. Uh, massive uh, coalition agreements there, with a lot on the to do list uh, for the first hundred days. Uh, Thomas, how do you think the well, the first what two or three, four or five days of those hundred days have gone? I'm, I mean, not great for the reasons that, that Jen has outlined. I think 
if you were a Martian coming down to Earth for the first time and someone asked you who the New Zealand Prime Minister was, you'd say without a doubt it was Winston Peters. Christopher Luxon's <laughs> been completely absent. Winston Peters has been running rings around him. And when you look at the first, this 100-day plan, this 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 thing that's meant to stamp uh, the new government's authority on the country, um, one of the first things they're going to do is raise this bizarre sort of red flag with the World Health Organization. Um, you know, this, this government sort of set itself up as... As, uh, as its mission to being to fight inflation, to, to get back to basics, to, to restore sort of economic confidence. Uh, and the first thing it's doing is starting a, a war with the World Health Organization. So I think, I think it's been a really problematic first five days. And, and going into the next, uh, the next few weeks, certainly before Christmas, Christopher Luxon needs to get into the beehive and start talking about those real retail politics uh, issues that got him elected, stuff like tax cuts, economic confidence, uh, cost of living stuff. Um, I don't think anyone wants to be spending their Christmas holidays arguing about conspiracy theories at the World Health Organization. Katie, their smoking uh, legislation repeal well, of the uh, that also, do you think that caught the government by surprise at the backlash that we've seen over that? Definitely, that was a, um, uh, an inclusion made, what was part of the coalition agreements, uh, national, I mean, New Zealand First and ACT both want to repeal the laws. It was included as part of national's coalition agreements with both of those parties, and it has totally blown up in their face. I mean, this week we have had uh, health, you know, multiple, um, countless people from the health sector, you know, cry foul over this. I think people are completely outraged over it. I mean, we had uh, the likes of Debbie Nardi were packing, Packer going to the extreme of calling it genocide. There are some, you know, really uh, Which intense was, feelings. What do we think of that? Because that is an interesting oh, use of it. I think it was way, yeah. too, way too far. Way too but far. I think it does speak to the uh, level of emotion and feeling about this issue. And one uh, thing that really stuck out to me this week was uh, Shane Letty, the new health minister, who's obviously a doctor, Dr. Shane and his response to it. He has been asked countless times about how he feels about this being a doctor and whether he is comfortable with it. Seems like he is. Uh, and in an interview with uh, Lisa Owen on Checkpoint this week, he actually he was asked about the smoke-free 2025 and he actually wouldn't even commit to that. So I think it extends beyond the uh, the legislation that they will repeal. But that 2025 smoke-free uh, goal seems mm. to have gone up in smoke as well. Jenna? Part of, part of the problem, I think, as well, for, and the reason for the vociferous response to it is that it came as a surprise to the public. New Zealand First and ACT had this as campaign pledges, but they were buried in manifestos. They didn't come out and publicly campaign on this issue. And so when it turned up in those coalition agreements, it came as a complete surprise to the public and, and no one was prepared for it. That and Nicola Willis uh, Nicola Willis coupling it with the tax cuts and saying that she could pay for her tax cuts because of the smoke-free wind-back, I think was a mistake. It also looks, I think it, it looks a wee bit, well, it is contradictory and it looks a wee bit silly just to see um, spokespeople from the government coming up and, and saying, uh, we don't want you to smoke, we would like to reduce the level of smoking in the country, we're also using the money raised from this to plug our to plug our tax mm. cut hole. Mm. Uh, both of those things can't be true at the same time, uh, and, and everyone can see that. I'm, around the Parliament, is the government rattled by this, the lack of a honeymoon, so to speak, or do they just think, well, you know, we, we've come in with a certain policy agenda, this is what we're here to do, they've got their supporters, do they care? I think there might be a level of frustration at the, um, the this first week has kind of been captured 
the attention's been focused on Winston Peters and these smoking laws that National didn't campaign on. So I think there's a level of frustration. Uh, yeah, and I think the fear on behalf of of National and and ACT, and certainly I think this is a, a fear that Labor had when it was in coalition with New Zealand First, is that if you rein in Winston Peters uh, when he's going to war with whoever he's going to war with, then he he turns his guns on you. And I think National would rather Winston Peters fight the media than Winston Peters fighting National, because we all know how how that ended up. The big focus uh, is going to come on the books and the finances. So when can we expect to see the Haifu, the half year opening of the books, and a mini budget? And then this debate that has cropped up around the, whether there is a gap in the, in, the, in the fiscals or not, or whether Labor left them a train wreck, you know, this is, this is the crux of the debate of the next couple of weeks, isn't it? Yeah, well, it has to be, uh, has to be d- delivered to Parliament before the end of the year, so before Parliament rises we'll get that, um, that, that half-year half year update. Um, it hasn't been that long since we had a prefu, so I, I wouldn't expect it to be that much different. There might be some big uh, surprises there around the ETS revenue, um, but but I, I I can't imagine it would be that much different. One of the interesting things we'll see is that for nationals' policies to be included in the half-year update, they have to have gone to cabinet and been ministered in cabinet. So one would expect the next cabinet meeting certainly to to minute a lot of these uh, a lot of these things that national wants in those books. Uh, so that you'll get to see them um, coming through the forecast. But one thing I, it'll be interesting to see is, is I, I think with the, the big tax cuts coming in July, they won't be in there. Um, the big question, obviously, is around the interest deductibility policy, which in the coalition agreement is backdated to the 1st of March mm. this year. Mm. Uh, one would expect that one would be in the half-year update. And, and the questions around the costings of that policy, ranging from $2.1 billion to $3 billion, quite a big gap. Uh, and, and it'll be really interesting to see where, where Treasury lands on it. Final word to you, Gina, because before we go, uh, so there's a lot of set pieces again next week. Uh, Winston Peters, I see, was doing a speech in Auckland on on his foreign affairs track. You'd expect him to stay in his lane? He, he took 16 minutes in that speech to have a crack at the media, so that was probably a new record. Um, I think he, he's, he's probably gone out there and, and, and said what he needs to say this week. The next week is kind of the pomp and pageantry all on Monday with the um, state opening of Parliament, but we're also going to get our first question time, which I'm so pumped for, um, and we'll see both both how this new government is going to handle it, but also that uh, outgoing government, the, the Labour Party, and how the yeah, choice of questions, parties right? are, are mm-hmm. going to take on this new lot. Fireworks. It will be a good one to watch. Thank you very much. Really appreciate that. That was, of course, uh, Gina Lynch, uh, political editor for News Hub, also speaking to the New Zealand Herald's uh, deputy political editor, Thomas Coughlin, and RNZ political reporter, Katie Scotcher.